This is the Black and Blue Report, presented by SeatGeek. Here are your hosts, Caroline Gonzalez and Ashley Amos. Hello and welcome into the Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Caroline Gonzalez. I'm Ashley Amos. And we have a packed Black and Blue Report for you all today. We welcome on Tracy Wolfson from CBS Sports, as well as Mike Trudell, who will be covering the Lakers tonight from Spectrum Sports. We also have a special guest in Fallon Filippello, the woman who tweeted Sean Payton asking for a salute to service hoodie for her husband who is deployed in the Middle East and she got that gift. Sean Payton tweeted Fallon back and decided to give her a gift but before we get to all that Ashley you're just coming from shoot around right? Uh, yeah it's a kind of a crazy day out here as you can imagine. Yeah, we are. We're seeing. I'm seeing tweets about uh, Julius Randle, about LeBron James. So tell me in real time what's going on in LA right now. Yeah, so we uh, just got back from shoot around over at the Staples Center, and um, interesting enough, um, Anthony Davis was not available to the media. Um, he is currently listed as questionable for tonight's game due to illness. On the other side of the ball, are the other team um, of the Lakers. LeBron James also listed as questionable with an illness. So an interesting development there this morning. Um, Julius Randle looks like he will try to go tonight. Um, He is a game-time decision, but definitely an interesting day out here in L.A. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, what have you been doing with all your time? Have you eaten at any good places? Um, I don't know if I have had that much free time. (laughs) I wish I could say I have. Um, You know, we were over in Milwaukee and we flew in late. I don't even know what day it is. Is it Friday? I don't know. Yet. Um, <laughs> yes, it's so Friday because we we're doing the show today. <laughs> <laughs> we flew in uh, late, late Wednesday, got in around 3 a.m. Uh, L.A. time, which was 5 a.m. New Orleans time. So that was uh, interesting enough. And yesterday was kind of just a day of recovery for everyone. Um, got, to see, got to get out and about a little bit. And then, you know, today back to business um, with everything going on. So it's been uh, it's been fun. You know, it's uh, at Christmas time. Yeah, the, you know, out in L.A., you don't feel like it's Christmas time because it's, you know, 70 degrees outside, beautiful weather. But, um, you know, just enjoying everything and getting excited for tonight's game. Obviously, there's so much hype around it and um, looking forward to see what the Pelicans can put out on the court tonight. I think one thing Pelicans fans need to look for is that it's kind of a make-it-get-right make game for both the Lakers and the Pelicans tonight. So, you know, really, it's a, outside of the whole A.D. LeBron and, you know, Julius Randle coming back and all of those storylines that will be playing out tonight, I think you have to really look at it from a team perspective that it's really a get-right game. The Pelicans really need this win, mm-hmm. especially out in the West and where they are and two games under 500. They really need to get back into the, um, you know, moving forward in the win column. And I think that's something that Pelicans fans really need to pay attention to tonight and hope for the victory on our side. Ashley, speaking of Christmas time, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Do you have a favorite Christmas gift that you've ever gotten? And if you need some time to think, I can go first. But I wanted to do a little <laughs> Christmas edition uh, favorite Christmas gift. Oh, boy. Whew. You know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm the type of person that has always been, I've never liked 
necessarily like materialistic items. I'm more of things that are, you know, I try to give experiences Mm -hmm. or something that is more meaningful to that specific person. You know, I'm in photography and videography. So anything where I can capture a moment and give something creative in that regard, I like doing. As far as my Christmas gift, oh boy, I don't, I truly don't know. That's a tough one. Can you help me out? What did you, what was yours? Um, well, it actually happened this year. Uh, I got an Alexa, which is something that I've been wanting for a really no, long time. We no, talk, we no, talk, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I will never, ever get Alexa. I had this really bad experience with Alexa at my friend's place where it, like, turned on when I was staying at her house alone by itself, and I don't know how it did. And I am completely freaked out now. It's funny because it was cool. it was funny because it was one of those gifts that like when you're a little kid, you're like, I have to have this toy or else the world is going to end. I need this toy. And then, of course, as soon as you get the toy, you like never use it again after like the first time you play with it. And that was kind of my experience with Alexa. Like I got it and it was awesome for like the first week. And now it's like I forget it's there until, you know, she just asks like, Caroline, is there but something the you need? Alexa never forgets that you're there. Yeah. Alexa never forgets that you're there. Exactly. Creepily spying on you at all times. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ashley. Well, um, good luck out there in LA and thanks for, for, uh, joining me on today's show so I wasn't completely abandoned. We do have a great show for everyone today. We welcome on CBS reporter Tracy Wolfson, who is going to be covering the Steelers versus Saints game on Sunday. And then, of course, we welcome on Mike Trudell, who is a Lakers reporter for Spectrum Sports. He joins us later today in today's or on tonight's, um, excuse me, today's episode of the Black and Blue Report. Uh, Ashley, are you guys going to be home for the uh, for Christmas? We get in very early, like super, super early Christmas Eve day. So, um, and then go back out on the road Christmas Day, but we'll be back for a little bit of time and get to see some family. So I'll make you a deal, Caroline, though. Oh, gosh. If we will bring back two wins mm-hmm. if you can help us get a Saints win on Sunday. I will do my very best. Again, the late, so the Pelicans, I don't want to overlook the Pelicans game on Sunday against the Sacramento Kings. Obviously, we're doing the show on Friday, but uh, so the big game is the Lakers game. But the Pelicans do tip off again on Sunday night before y'all come back from that road trip against the Sacramento Kings. So I will do my very best to bring home a Saints win uh, on Sunday. Like I, think- I said, we'll bring back two. We'll bring back two. <laughs> I Lakers Kings, if you can give us the same. Can you guarantee that, Ashley? I mean, you, you've been <laughs> an instrumental in the Pelicans' success lately because we've seen you on TV. You've been uh, taking charges from AD. I mean, you've been instrumental in the Pelicans' success recently. You know, I, I don't like to guarantee anything <laughs> in this business, Caroline, but, uh, you know, I'm going to put my support behind hopefully getting two W's. Awesome. Well, we look forward to it. And Ashley, we look forward to having you back in the office. I don't want to ruin any surprises for you, but you do have a few gifts sitting on your desk waiting for you. Uh, sorry, none of them are from me. Uh, I just give you the <laughs> gift of my voice over the over the phone. But um, that's all I need. Yeah, I mean, I that's that's what I thought. So I'm just banking on that. But Ashley, good luck in LA tonight. Bring home uh, two wins when you come back and we look forward to seeing you. Thanks so much, Caroline. Have a Merry Christmas. We'll go ahead and jump into our segments for this week. First, starting off with the Gold Star of the Week. 
I have to give it to Jalil Okafor. I know Ashley's not here to debate me on my gold star this week, but I'm going to go ahead and give it to Jalil Okafor for the New Orleans Pelicans. He has only played in seven of the last 20 games for the Pelicans. He's been working on his craft behind the scenes. Alvin Gentry has been saying that he's been working really hard on improving his game, improving his inside game. But nevertheless, we've only seen him in seven of the last 20 games, and he's only averaged two minutes of playing time over those 20 games. But we did see him in the Wednesday game against the Milwaukee Bucks. Jalil Okafor played 13 minutes and scored 17 points in those 13 minutes. He was a completely dominant player for the Pelicans. He shifted the momentum towards them a lot. Anthony Davis went back to the locker room with a illness. I think he was feeling a little sick. I think he had flu-like symptoms. Jen Hale was reporting on the sideline. But Jalil Okafor went in the game for the Pelicans and completely took over and uh, was a huge spark for the Pelicans. Looking forward to seeing more out of Jalil Lil Okafor going forward. We'll go ahead and transition into our second segment, Community Spotlight of the Week, and how do you not give it to Steve Gleason? He was a, it was announced yesterday that he will be awarded the Congressional Gold Medal. He will be the first New Orleanian and former NFL legend to receive the Congressional Gold Medal. Amazing accomplishment for Steve Gleason. He is known by Saints fans everywhere, and he will be quickly known by the nation for his no white flags theme. Several politicians commented on uh, Steve Gleason yesterday. I wanted to point out Senator Maria Cantwell's statement about Steve Gleason saying, the lives of countless people have been improved because of Steve's determination, perseverance, and advocacy. Rather than putting up a white flag, Steve used his own devastating diagnosis to inspire a nation and make sure people living with ALS have access to the latest speech generating technology. It is befitting that Steve's incredible work be recognized with a Congressional Gold Medal, which is absolutely on point for what Steve Gleason has done for not only the New Orleans community, but the ALS community and so many others. So we are pleased to announce that Steve Gleason will be awarded the Congressional Gold Medal, and we are so happy for Steve Gleason. You can find the entire article on the announcement of Steve Gleason on NewOrleansSaints.com. Read what other politicians had to say about Steve Gleason. There's a photo gallery, so make sure you head on over to NewOrleansSaints.com to check that out. All right, our last segment is Superwoman of the Week. This is probably my favorite segment that we do. And as I was looking for a Superwoman of the Week to spotlight on my Twitter feed, I found out that Laura Rutledge has been announced as the 2018 Sports Media Breakout Star for 2018. She works with ESPN and SEC Network. She's been featured on Get Up. Um, Just a great broadcaster. I think she went viral um, a few weeks ago during the Georgia game because she was on the sideline giving a sideline hit and she was tackled by two of the players who of course were just playing a football game and while Laura was giving her sideline hit she was tackled but in the video you can see she pops right back up and continues on with her job so um, that makes her a great reporter but many other things make her a great reporter as well Um, so look, we look forward to seeing what Laura Rutledge does in the the future um, and we wanted to highlight her as the superwoman of the week. As your parents always taught you, it's ladies first, so we will start off with Tracy Wolfson here in Studio B. Tracy, thank you so much for joining me on today's show. I really appreciate it. 
Did Thanks you have, for having me. Did you have a safe flight in? Everything yeah, was all good? Yeah, a lot of weather on the uh, northeast and um, a little delay. Hopped on a different flight, got mm-hmm. here in time, so all good. Gotta love that holiday travel. I see you're only wearing a leather jacket, which it's not too cold here, so that's pretty nice, right? Yeah, you know what? I get lucky. After this, I'm going to head to Florida for a few days before our next game when I have to leave on Friday, so I feel like, yeah, this is good enough. Yeah, I'm going to the Cayman Islands this weekend with my family, so I'm uh, oh, for see, Christmas I'm vacation. Yeah, that's I'm awesome. Pretty excited, I can't lie. So, um, But before that, the Saints do play on Sunday. You'll be covering that game for CBS. Tracy, I have to ask you, the Saints team has been pretty exciting to watch this year, but what's been the most exciting part for it all uh, for you to see? Well, you know, to be honest, I haven't gotten a chance to see a lot of it because, you know, we've been on the road and we're we're covering our games and probably playing at a lot of the same times. I did have a chance to watch the game on Sunday from start to finish, and I know they struggled in that game. So, um, but you know, I love the when this team is clicking on all cylinders and the high flying offense. And it's funny because I think we're, that's what we're seeing right now in the NFL is a lot of these high flying offenses. But all of a sudden. These defenses late in the year are starting to step up and contain them. And so for me, I'm just looking forward to, you know, seeing them in person and seeing them at home because I truly believe, you know, they really needed just to get back to the dome and get back on track. Absolutely. I think uh, Mike and Golick on the on the Golick and Wingo show this morning talked about Tom Brady and Drew Brees. This is the 13th time a team has seen Brady and Brees back to back and only one team has beaten them both in those 13 times. And that was in 2005 when Drew Brees wasn't really Drew Brees yet. <laughs> right. So do you think the Steelers have what it takes to be the second team to do that? Look, the Steelers are a really good team, and when they're clicking, they are really difficult to beat. They've been very streaky this season, and I don't know if anyone really knows why they've been streaky, but, you know, they put together a tremendous game plan against Tom Brady last week and Bill Belichick and came away with the win. But playing in Heinz Field, and I'll go back to the fact of us being here, and playing here in the Dome is, is very different. And I think they know that. Um, but it all comes down to, you know, the defense needs to complement the offense when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if they can contain Drew Brees and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara and Ingram and everyone else you throw out there, well, then, yeah, I do, I do think they have a shot. Uh, I think it's going to be difficult. I think they know that. Um, but, you know, of course, you know, they do have the opportunity. Tracy, you mentioned you watched last week's game, so you saw the tremendous performance from the Saints' defense. Yeah. But I feel like the Saints' offense is kind of itching to have a good game this week. Who do you think we're going to see step up for the Saints' offense? Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to see your normal players. I think Alvin Kamara is going to do what he could do, and we saw him finally get back into the end zone. I know a little few you know, games that he had some, uh, some slow performances. And then, you know, Michael Thomas, containing him is going to be key for this, this defense and, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, and then, you know, you just have to contain the run game. And, you know, I think, you know, you, you never know. Right now you have a lot of young offensive players for the Saints a lot of these wide receivers that kind of need to get in there because they're going to try and take away Michael Thomas Mm -hmm. they're going to try and take away Alvin Kamara that's what they do so who's going to step up 
um, in place. And so I think that really depends on it. I think a healthy offensive line is going to be key for the New Orleans Saints as well. Um, when we talk about the Steelers, you talk about wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster, which every time I say that name, I feel like it's like a Disney Channel. Yeah, or character. you say Schuster-Smith or Smith, exactly. Right. And then we have Antonio Brown. But um, for the Steelers, is there someone that you think has been the Achilles heel, or not someone, but some area of their team that has been the Achilles heel this year? You know, that that's an interesting question. Um, I, I really believe for them it's a matter of – kind of Ben being Ben, but letting the other guys around him do their job as well. And and sometimes maybe he takes the shot where he shouldn't or he forces it where he shouldn't because that's Ben and that's what makes him so great and the competitive guy that he is. But I think right now you're seeing, especially on the offensive side of the ball of Pittsburgh Steelers, where guys are just stepping up in place. And Fitchner, who the offensive coordinator, has done a tremendous job. Uh, Ben's calling a lot from the line. And you have a guy like Jalen Samuels and a guy like Washington right now who are all stepping up at the right time. And I think that's what makes this Pittsburgh Steelers team a little dangerous. And I think, you know, Connor goes down and you're like, uh-oh, what happened? You don't have Bell, right? And then you're like, who's going to replace him? And then James Connor comes in and steps right in. Now, and Connor goes down, who's going to replace him? And Jalen Samuels steps right in. And um, I think that's the way this, this team is. They have so many weapons for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then you forget about their tight ends also who can step in. So, um, you know, I don't know if it's just one guy, but I, I think Jalen Samuels to me looks to be a guy who could do so much for this team, kind of like a Le'Veon Bell, because he came out as a tight end, you know. And now he's not only a running back, he had more carries than he ever had before in this game last week. So he can run the ball, he can catch the ball, he could, you know, he could do whatever they ask him to do. So I think he's going to be key in this game. Tracy, I know you have to run, but the Superdome, you already know, is going to be a great time yeah. on Sunday. But other than that, what's your favorite part about being in New Orleans? The food. Mm-hmm. That's what <laughs> most know, people say. <laughs> it, it's the food. It's a combination of being able to just walk outside your hotel and roam around the city and uh, go to Café du Monde. I always like to get my coffee in the beignets, mm-hmm. and I know that sounds very touristy, but I always enjoy it. Do a little shopping and then have a good meal. And um, and that's what's fun about it. And then, of course, I love being in a dome. <laughs> I don't have to worry about wearing a hat and a big jacket. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then the environment, you know, it's, it's great. So... Um, we're going to enjoy it. We're going to enjoy the weekend. It's like a mini vacation for us. And then, you know, what better than to be able to do this game on Sunday? Absolutely. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for joining me today. You got it. Thanks for having me. We now welcome in Lakers reporter for Spectrum Sports, Mike Trudell, who will be covering the Pelicans versus Lakers game for Spectrum Sports tonight. Mike, I think the last time we saw each other, we were sharing beignets and coffee at Cafe du Monde. It's a, It's been quite a while. That's right. It is a pleasure. It's been fun to watch uh, your rise uh, here, and I'm looking forward to talking to the little Lakers Pelicans. Absolutely. I mean, I couldn't have done it without you. You introduced me to the Fox Sports fam, David Wesley, Joel Myers, Jen Hale, who have all been great uh, to get to know. So I owe a lot of that credit to you. So I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure, for sure. Uh, yeah. Um, how long have you been covering the Lakers now? Uh, so I've been with the Lakers since 2008, uh, and I started by doing mostly just the, the, the various website uh, things, whether that was you know writing or podcasts or video, and this was before social media, which mm-hmm. I know sounds uh, like forever ago, <laughs> but we didn't actually start tweeting 
probably the 2009 finals or a little bit before that at least, but kind of during that season. And, and that, of course, changed the way we cover teams. But, yeah, that was that first – my first year was 08-09, and they happened to win that year. So it was a good year to join the Lakers. Yeah, I was about to say, you were with the Lakers for a good chunk of Kobe's final years, including the 09 and uh, 2010 championship. And then you've worked with now two players who are in the conversation of the greatest of all time with Kobe and LeBron. How is – what's that been like? Well, so – so I've gotten the question a little bit about this year, what's it like having LeBron there? And, and you know, a lot of times my answer is, well, it's, it's quite similar to having Kobe um, on the team. So when, when you have somebody that's not just that good on the floor but attracts that kind of attention, everything that he does and says off the court, uh, you, you know, you do get a similar amount of focus and attention, and rightfully so. And, look, the, the, I think you're learning this, too, you know, in New Orleans with Anthony Davis, who to me is, is that level of a player. Um, he's just 25. You know, he's, he's an MVP caliber uh, type guy. He's already, you know, this year in the in the very clear conversation for All NBA First Team. You know, maybe in a front court with uh, LeBron and Durant, and you know, but then what? You leave Giannis out. You know, so it gets it gets a little tricky there. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is, is, he is a player of that stature as well, and it just changes everything. You know, about the franchise and, and about how the team has a chance to win games on a nightly basis, and the, you know, the extent to which people care about it. So. You know, I think that, that that's uh, that there's certainly a parallel there, but it's been fun. And, you know, the, the more games that a team wins, I, I suppose the easier it can be in some senses to cover the team just because everybody's in a good mood. Mm-hmm. But we try to we do our jobs sort of the same nonetheless, right? And so even when the Lakers were losing games the last couple of years, uh, and that started to change the last year, you, know, you still sort of approach it the same way. And you know, it, it, there's still, with the Lakers in Los Angeles, a level of interest there as well. Right. I said, you know, from Anthony Davis standpoint, I still kind of I don't get as much of a starstruck sense, but I still do get a little bit nervous. I see him more now as a person um, than I did, you know, obviously when I wasn't with the organization, but I still get a little nervous when I'm asking him questions and things like that. Do you still have any of that with LeBron or is it just another day at work? Well, I mean, I think that there's a certain mindset, right, that I I try to bring uh, to work or and, and really with the players uh, i think the best way to to have success in asking them questions is to just treat them uh like normal people mm-hmm. and i know that that's not that's not always easy especially early in my career and i remember like having internships when i was coming out of college in one of the jobs that i had i was a junior at northwestern in chicago and michael jordan was back in town with the washington wizards at the time and my job was to go to practice and get a sound bite from jordan and I had no idea how the sports PR thing worked, and I didn't realize that there was a whole media apparatus where you had to get a credential and go inside. And I just, like, hopped out of the car with the cameraman and, and asked Jordan a question from 10 feet away. And he kind of looked at me and, and sort of half-spurked. and was like, hey, man, you know, look, that's not quite how uh, we do this. And, I, and, and he was my childhood idol growing up, like many, many kids of the 80s. And so once I, once I had that fail... And, uh, and he just, you know, completely didn't know what I was doing with Michael Jordan. I was like, all right, well, then everybody else is fine because everybody else is a, a level below Jordan. And so uh, that kind of did, that really did help me in thinking, like, this is not, you know, this, nothing else is that big of a deal. It's just a conversation with these guys. Don't let it get to you about uh, just because they happen to excel at a sport. Well, that's great. You know, I think what, what they're looking for is somebody who just understands what they're doing um, on the court and, and off the court and can and try to share and communicate that with fans. 
So that, that would be the, the way that I try to look at it now after that initial, you know, spectacular fail with Michael Jordan. <laughs> that is an incredible story, especially of Michael Jordan with all of all people. That's insane. Um, so Mike, I want to get a little bit into the game tonight. So the Lakers are 18 and 13 this year going against a 15 and 17 New Orleans Pelicans team, two teams that I don't think we've really seen play their best basketball. Some of that due to personnel and injury, but in your opinion, what's going right and what's going wrong for the Lakers this year? Well, so for the Lakers to be sitting where they are right now, and, you know, that's five games over 500 uh, at, uh, at, at this point, in the, I think they're tied for the four seed in the West. You know, I think that's uh, a pretty good uh, compared to what you would have expected heading into the season where it was this mix of really young players uh, fresh out of the draft the last couple of years, a couple of veterans on one-year contracts, and then LeBron James, you know, who, of course, still, in my opinion, the best all-around player in the NBA. Uh, particularly when he's firing at, at full range, you know that was going to take some time for guys to figure out how to play together. Who's going to be where? Who's going to get the ball? Uh, who's going to play in what lineup? You know, just who's going to start took them a little while. So all of that is not usually a, a path to winning a lot of games, especially in a really tough conference. And so they found a way to do that. And the basic way is by you know Luke Walton does a great job of getting getting them to compete defensively. And for a team that isn't necessarily in the top few teams talent-wise defensively, you know, they, they are in the, they are number 10 in defensive efficiency. Uh, that's good. And then you have LeBron James who can carry you for stretches of games, especially late, you know, when things are tight. And that's ended up giving them, you know, as I mentioned, this position where they're, they're right in that mix for home court in the West. Mm-hmm. Things can flip, though. And I think what you've seen in New Orleans has been somewhat similar as well. In one injury you know, to a key rotation piece, in the case of whether it's uh, Nikola Mirotic, who's been out, uh, recently, you know, even even Anthony Davis missing a game or two, mm-hmm. you know, that makes a big difference in the West right now. And the Lakers have had Ingram out for you know about a total of three weeks, including a suspension. Rondo's been out for over a month, and Javale McGee missed the last two games. So those kind of things really do end up being the difference between you know seeds, and for some teams, it could be the difference between making the playoffs and not in the West. And so, with all all things considered, as such. I think the Lakers are just fine with where they're at at the current point of the season, even if their best basketball remains ahead of them. Absolutely. I think uh, the Pelicans are certainly looking forward to getting not only Meritich back, but Alfred Payton as well, because he has been a huge piece for this Pelicans team. Mike, other than LeBron James, who have you seen step up for this Lakers team this year? In my opinion, recently it's been Kyle Kuzma, right? Yeah, I think, I think that's the right answer. I think Kuzma has been sort of that number two guy uh, so far to LeBron. And a lot of people thought that might be Brandon Ingram before the season started. And that still could end up being the case. So as things uh, crystallize and as you know they get on the court more together, uh, I still think Ingram has this incredible upside of a two-way player that can create his own shot, that can get teammate shots, that can defend. Uh, you know, it's a really versatile piece who's just kind of still learning what to do with LeBron. Whereas Kuzma... Kuzma just kind of plays his game. You know, he catches it, he shoots, he can, he can shoot for three, he can drive. Um, he'll, he'll, he's getting, becoming a better passer. He's competing better defensively. And he's, he has been the guy, you know, before this most recent road trip you know, where the Lakers lost three or four games. And, they, you know, they probably did that whole could have, would have, should have thing, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, just all NBA teams think they could have uh, ended up at two and two or three and one. But uh, he, he still is that guy, I think, that's risen his game to, that, uh, to a, a better level this year. And I also think that Lonzo Ball, you know, is not probably given enough credit for 
uh, the, the play that he does, uh, the, the, the way that he plays on the court, and the defensive impact that he makes. Uh, that he's really a rangy, uh, high-energy, impactful defender on and off the ball. And, you know, as an attacking player, an offensive player, he doesn't need the basketball, which ends up fitting nicely uh, next to LeBron James in this case. So I, I think Lonzo's been has had some really good minutes as well, but if, if I had to give you that number two guy, you're right, it has been Kyle yeah, absolutely. Well, the Lakers' uh, defense we know have have stepped up um, as of late, but for both of the teams, the Laker and the Pelicans' offenses, I think a lot of their offense is coming from points in the paint. But uh, the Lakers, excuse me, the Pelicans are averaging 57 points in the paint, just ahead of the Lakers, who are averaging 55. How critical have has the uh, inside game been for the Lakers this year? You know, the Lakers are a really athletic team uh, that love to run and get out of transition, and so that's where some of those pain points come uh, when they get stops, and they can either initially run or they can hit you with a secondary break. Uh, they, they, you know, look, LeBron James is a one-man fast break. Bonzo, we know, loves to push it and get ahead. Ingram and Kuzma can both get a rebound and push, and then JaVale McGee is a great rim runner for a five. He's super athletic, super rangy, super long, and so that, that group has really had a lot of success in that context. And, you know, I also think they have some players, and LeBron James being the, no, the most notable, that just can get to the basket when they want. Uh, I would include Ingram with that. I think Kyle Kuzma is excellent at getting to the rim and finishing through traffic. And then, of course, just if JaVale McGee is dunking everything, that's going to help your pay points as well off of alley-oops and, and just uh, you know, various back screens that the Lakers like to set. So they're set up to be a team that scores a lot at the rim and it scores efficiently at the rim. And then, you know, look, as you could tell me, but I, I, when I watch the Pelicans, I, I think Holiday is underrated, mm-hmm. and he can get to the rim when he wants and finishes through traffic with that strength. And then, of course, Anthony Davis can basically do whatever he wants on offense. Mm-hmm. He can pull up, he can go mid-range, he can, he can extend his range, uh, he can get to the rim in one dribble. Uh, I think he's, a, he's also a great rim runner, and it's something people don't realize about Anthony Davis, just how fast he is, how quickly he can get down the court and transition from a rebound to the other end, so I do think that that's, a, that's something we'll see for both these teams. We'll see a fast pace, so we'll see a lot of points inside, and you know, whichever team ends up doing a better job at getting back and setting their defense is going to have a, a go a long way towards winning the game. Absolutely. I think one of the things that shocked me the most when I started with the Pelicans is when I saw Anthony Davis run, he looked like an athlete. He didn't look like his knees were about to break with every stride, which you see from most big guys nowadays. Yeah, he's super fluid. I mean, it's just one of the one of the reasons why uh, he's become the player that he is. And when I think of what people maybe underestimate or don't appreciate as much about Davis is that he's willing to run and he's willing to put in that effort. You know, when when look for for a lot of guys that carry the kind of load that he does, mm-hmm. it's not easy to also do that and to do some of those little things and put yourself in position. But you know, that's one of the reasons that uh, that he is who he is. And we're talking about him in this context. I think is that uh, even those things like effort-type plays that they don't make. That are the things that, those are the things that end up helping a team win games. Absolutely. Well, Mike, I appreciate you coming on uh, the show today. I would ask you if you have any special plans for Christmas, but I, o- I already know that you'll be in Oracle Arena for Christmas uh, NBA basketball. Yeah, so you know the drill. I, I will be up there. But <laughs> fortunately, the team has arranged the flights to, uh, to maximize time in L.A. So we're not leaving until, I think, 830 the night on Christmas Eve, which oh, means we'll, we'll spend most of that day at home with the family, and, and we'll kind of, you know, convince my my, my young uh, kids that Santa is coming a day early for us, <laughs> and that'll be 
then we'll, we'll be back late that night. So uh, just part of the deal. I, I think it's only the second time that I've been, uh, that I've, since I've been with the Lakers in 08 that there hasn't been a home game on Christmas. The, the first time was at Chicago when Paga Soul signed there uh, for the first year, and then this is the second. So I can't really complain. There, there are a lot of other people in the NBA that have to uh, go to a, a different city. Uh, so it's all good. I can I can handle it this one time. Yeah, just convince the kids that Santa Claus loves the Lakers and LeBron so much that he wanted to come a day early just to ensure they got their gifts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's part of the deal. <laughs> well, Mike, oh, I look forward I look forward to watching the game tonight, and as always, I look forward to seeing you on my Twitter timeline. Well, look, especially during games, uh, you know I'll be on that timeline, and sometimes I feel like I have to apologize for the amount of tweets that are going out, but I, I suppose. <laughs> If you're following me, that's what you're following me for. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, hopefully it's mutually beneficial. Mike, would you rather people follow you at Mike Trudell or the at Lakers reporter? Uh, you have several burner accounts here, so I want to make sure I, I give people the right one. Well, no, look, as, a, <laughs> as, a, as, a, as somebody who's younger than me, you should you should know the lingo, and a burner account is one that you're trying to hide. Mine right. are both public. Okay. I am active on both, so they do not qualify as a burner. <laughs> uh, the, of course, the Mike Trudell, I keep more of my personal, that's a little bit more radio-centric, and I'll do stuff that, that has to do with other sports. But if you want Lakers, then, of course, do the Lakers supporter again. Gotcha. Well, I appreciate it, Mike, again. And follow him at Mike Trudell if you want to see the personal and uh, radio and family photos, as everyone loves to see, or at Lakers Reporter. Mike, again, thanks so much, and I look forward to seeing you tonight. All right, my pleasure. Take care. Now we welcome on Fallon Filippello from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Fallon, correct me if I'm wrong. I saw on your Twitter that you're from Mississippi, but is that really where you're from, where you live now? Um, we are from Mississippi. I am currently staying in Madison, Louisiana with my parents while my husband's deployed. Uh, to be closer to family and stuff like that. Gotcha. So, Fallon, I want to let you tell the story because I'm sure I wouldn't do it justice. Um, You know, fans everywhere saw that you kind of tweeted at Sean Payton and the Saints because you wanted to get your husband um, a salute to service hoodie, but I'll let you go ahead and tell the story about how this kind of all transpired. Okay. Um, it all started, I think it was either the first or second game of November. Um, we was actually FaceTime with my husband. He was getting ready to go to bed um, while the game was on. The time change is so different um, from where we're at. And he saw um, Sean Payton's hoodie, and he had mentioned that he had really liked it and he would love to have one. Um, so after we got the phone, I went online and started browsing like um, different websites, trying to find one, and I didn't realize... Um, how big of a thing this hoodie was mm-hmm. because they were sold out everywhere. Um, so after I searched online, I went to local sporting goods stores in Louisiana and Mississippi. I even went, um, I even went to some on the coast, I believe, and they were all sold out. And they told me it was a special item that once they sold out, they weren't producing anymore. So. That's when my last resort was to go on Twitter just to see where somebody knew that where I could purchase one. Mm-hmm. And um, not even five minutes later, I had got a tweet back, and I thought it was from Sean Payton, you know, telling me that it was on his way, and he was thanking us for my husband's service. And it just kind of blew me away because that's not what I was expecting at all. You know, I was just looking to find a place to purchase one. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Fallon, where is your husband deployed? 
Um, he is currently in the Middle East. Um, he's been there since June. Um, wow. So we're hoping to have him home sometime in the spring. And it's just you and your son, correct? Yes, it's just me and me and Bowen. Bowen, that's awesome. That's such a great name. So kind of what, tell me your husband's reaction when you told him, did you tell him that Sean Payton said it was on the way or did he see the tweet himself? Kind of tell a story about how he found out that Sean Payton was going to send him a hoodie directly. Well, at first it was, it, it was going to be a Christmas surprise. I was just going <laughs> to surprise him with his hoodie for Christmas. So he had no idea I was even looking for one. Mm-hmm. And then once Sean Payton tweeted me, I was like, there's no way I can keep this a surprise <laughs> until Christmas. And so he was sleeping when all of this went down. So I, like, got on Facebook and was, like, sending him a whole bunch of messages, explaining to him what happened. So whenever he woke up, he was not expecting any of this. Um he was he was shocked. He's like, "Are you are you are you serious? Or are you playing a joke on me?" I was like, "No, I'm serious." I had to like send him screenshots of everything from Twitter to show that I wasn't messing with him. That's so um, wonderful. He was he was really excited. Uh, like I said, he's been a huge Saints fan for as long as I can remember. Um, so he was he was thrilled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You said he was watching the game. So have y'all always been Saints fans or? Oh yes, um, he's from New Orleans actually, and I was I was born in Louisiana myself, so uh, we've we've always been Saints fans. That's wonderful, Fallon. Can you tell me a little bit a story of how y'all met and kind of um, your reaction? Did you know that he wanted to be in the armed services, or was it kind of a thing that happened later down in the road in y'all's marriage, or uh, did you always know that he wanted to be in the armed forces? Um, we met. In 2010, um, in Pickney, Mississippi, uh, we had went to opposite schools, and he's he's a little older than me, so we didn't really go to school together. But um, a mutual friend kind of introduced us, and he was actually in massage therapy school, and um, he was doing massage therapy for a little bit. And it wasn't until after we got married that he decided that he had wanted to um, join the, the the military, and uh. So he went to basic training, I believe, in 2015, and now he's a combat medic um, with the Mississippi National Guard. That's wonderful. Do you know when he is going to be able to return to you and Bowen? Um, We're not really sure. We're just told sometime in the spring. Hmm. Um, I'm sure we'll know as soon as that gets closer, more definite date. But that's just what we're holding on to right now is sometime in the spring. Absolutely. Well, what a wonderful Christmas surprise from Sean Payton. I'm sure you and Bowen and your husband, and what's your husband's name? I'm sorry, I didn't even ask. Uh, His name is Michael, or he goes by Mikey. Mikey. I'm sure you and Mikey and Bowen are are thoroughly uh, happy with Sean Payton's gift, and I'm so happy that Sean Payton could could warm y'all's heart for a little Christmas surprise. Yes, I can't thank him enough. (laughs) I think I've tweeted like at least 10 times saying thank you. That's, cr- that's wonderful. Made Christmas so much easier. I can imagine. What's Bowen getting for Christmas? I mean, Dad got something. You got to get Bowen something crazy. Now. I know. He's, he has so many toys. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with them. <laughs> well, that'll, that'll be awesome. Well, Fallon, thank you so much for talking to me today. And thank you so much for your service and your husband's service. And uh, we know that road is not easy at all. But thank you and thank Bowen and, and thank your husband, Mikey, for all of his service to our country. Yes, thank you so much.
All right. You have a good one. You too. Thanks to everyone who tuned into the show today, Mike, Tracy, Fallon, Ashley. It was a fun Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Again, make sure you're watching the Pelicans tonight play the the Lakers at uh, the Staples Center. Tip-off is set for 9.30. Again, the game will be on ESPN. You can catch the radio coverage on 99.5 WRNO with Sean Kelly and Daniel Salerson on the call. That begins at 9 p.m. And then the Pelicans will head on over to Sacramento to take on the Kings on Sunday. I believe tip-off is at 5 p.m. So make sure you're tuning into that game as well. Fox Sports New Orleans will pick their coverage back up on Sunday as the Pelicans take on the Kings at 5 p.m. As that game is going on, the Saints will also be taking on the Steelers at home in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Make sure you're watching that game on CBS. That is WWL Channel 4 locally. The game is set to kick off at 3.25 p.m. So make sure you're watching Drew Brees versus Ben Roethlisberger, Saints versus Steelers, and as the Saints look to clinch the number one seed in the NFC. Well, thanks again for tuning in on today's show. It was a lot of fun, a packed show, and we look forward to hearing from you next Friday after the holiday. We all hope you have a very Merry Christmas from Ashley and myself. We hope you have a very Merry Christmas and we will see you again before the new year. So this isn't the last black and blue of 2019. So be sure you're looking out for us next Friday. Well, for Ashley Amos, I'm Caroline Gonzalez. Thanks again for listening to the Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. We'll see you next week.